Hello, this is Angela Schaefers, the host of Your Story Matters radio show. Today we have a very special guest, Scott Bradley, who is a successful entrepreneur who helps others to find their success and the founder of Rapid Results Marketing Group. Not only does Scott have an amazing story to share about his journey becoming an entrepreneur, but he also has been on a mission this last six months to literally transform his life, and he will be sharing his story and the outcome of that, the big reveal, today on Your Story Matters radio show. Welcome to the show, Scott. Thank you so much for having me, Angela. It's such a pleasure to be here, and it's so exciting to be able to have, be the first show for the new year. So thank you so much. I agree with you, Scott. I wanted to make sure that the first show to launch Your Story Matters 2011 would be something that would truly inspire and encourage other people. And knowing what I know about you and just listening and reading um, all the things that I have about what you've done, not only in your journey as an entrepreneur, but in your personal journey of your life transformation these last six months has been very um, amazing and exciting and just encouraging to me just to see what you've done and how you've turned things around. Before we talk about those things, can you share with the audience a bit of your history, you know, where you came from, your background, what you were doing in the past, and maybe even some of the challenges along the way that helped you get to where you're at today? Of course. Well, I'd be happy to start. Um, so basically, I've grown up down in Southern California, ended up, was born and raised in um, Hermosa Beach, and pretty much grew up most of my childhood down in Escondido, which is a suburb of Southern San Diego. Pretty much one of the most pivotal things during that period of time during my life, from the age of five, probably all the way up to the age of 15, my life was pretty much encompassed with school and baseball and just being as active as possible and really enjoying my entire athletic life growing up. My athletics in the baseball perspective, I was in one of the top Orange County or San Diego baseball teams down in the San Diego area, and really that gave me the opportunity at a very young age to be able to travel all around the country and compete against some of the top baseball athletes with many of them being in professional baseball today. Wow. And it's, it's, it's pretty awesome to think the amount of time that I've contributed to being an athlete because what's so interesting about it is I've taken a lot of the life lessons that I've learned while playing sports with being humble, working hard, staying consistent, staying persistent. And it really has followed me throughout my entire life. And when mm -hmm. people ask me, you know, from my, your entire baseball thing, what did you really get out of it? Because I don't play baseball anymore. Mm -hmm. I say, well, baseball is pretty much life in a game. You have to deal with adversity. You have to deal with struggles. You get to deal with successes. You get to deal with people you may not want to be dealing with, but they may still be on your team and you have to be respectful with them. Mm -hmm. You deal with, you know, putting hours and hours in and not getting the result that you want. And it's really given me a lot of my character for who I am growing up. And it really, that was pretty much what my life was encompassed by from age 15 all the way through high school. And pretty much at, during the freshman year of my high school, you know, went into high school. I was, you know, the only freshman on the junior varsity baseball team. And athletics was really where my focus lied pretty much all the way up to my freshman year in college. Pretty much, uh, to be brutally upfront and honest with you, the freshman year of my college was really the year where things made a drastic shift, mm -hmm. drastic shift. 
Um, I was, again, going back to high school real quick, basically was recruited to play baseball um, to Boston College as one of their pitchers. Mm -hmm. And, you know, kind of one struggle between my senior year and my freshman year in college is that in the middle of my senior year season, as a pitcher, you know, I was getting recruited and I already signed my national letter of intent to Boston College. Mm -hmm. I ended up having this pain that went down my leg my right leg. Mm. And, you know, it's kind of like the little monkey wrench. Oh, it's just a growing pain. No worry, you know, but it got worse and worse and worse. And, you know, as we got into the summertime, it was basically, I was just done. So mm. it was at that point, right before I went to Boston college where it's like, okay, well, let's go to the chiropractor. Let's go to this specialist. Let's go to that specialist. Let's go to the MRI, get an MRI. And what was so interesting about that story and that journey, just kind of between my senior year and my freshman year in college, is that it was really bulging discs in my back that mm -hmm. were causing the pain down my leg. And pretty much it was literally up to the week, week before I left to go to Boston College that I was doing therapy and I thought that I got it to work and you know but then it's like I got into Boston College I started doing the, the practices and the pitching and the workouts and it started coming back again mm. so that was a major challenge that I really had to face head-on my freshman year in college mm -hmm. also during my freshman year I ended up losing my father to mm -hmm. a silent heart attack on the November 21st, 2004. Oh, and it was very one of those traumatic experiences where mm -hmm. they came in that week for Thanksgiving and my birthday. Pretty much he, we were at a family gathering celebrating something, ce celebrating my cousin coming back from Iraq a month earlier. It was just, you know, right in front of me, collapses, you know, mm -hmm. and it was just one of those traumatic things that I had to deal with that same freshman year. So not only was my athletic life falling apart, but my personal life was falling apart. I can and imagine. Mm -hmm. It was, you know, his wake was on my 19th birthday. His funeral was the day before Thanksgiving. At that period of time, it was almost like my entire world fault fell apart. And the only real thing I still had was the baseball team that, I was on at Boston College, and they gave a tremendous amount of support. But even more so, you know, the only thing else I had was my schooling, really, mm -hmm. because it's like I lost one of the closest mm -hmm. things to me, my bounce board, per mm -hmm. se. Mm -hmm. And it was really hard to go through, really traumatic. And it wasn't until my sophomore year, my beginning of my sophomore year in college, where I really came to terms and became very real to, he's not coming back, mm -hmm. and this is this really sucks. Mm -hmm. Because you know, I'm sure if people that are listening right now have lost somebody, you go through a period of emotions, and I call it like the roller coaster of craziness, basically, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. where it's kind of like you're, the first emotion that you feel is utter and complete sadness. Mm -hmm. The next emotion is everything's going to be okay, and then it really turns into, no, this isn't okay. You're totally angry. Mm -hmm. And then it's like you're helpless. And you go from helpless mm -hmm. to happy. And it's kind of like these four circles of emotions mm -hmm. that I went through very much so during my sophomore year. And that was probably one of the lowest points of my entire life, you know, from what I can remember. Mm -hmm. You know, even, and I'll fully admit this, uh, you know, this whole suicidal thought thing with like three people inside of me, it was, it was really, really bad. So, that was like the lowest point of my life. But really what saved me 
was I ended up going on a retreat that Boston College put on, and it was called Halftime. Mm-hmm. And, it, and on that retreat, it was out, when I came out of that retreat, you basically asked yourself three questions. Mm-hmm. What is it that brings you joy? What are you good at? And knowing those two things, what is it that you truly want to do and how you, do you really want to serve the world? Coming out of that retreat, it just I came out with a renewed energy. I was revived, and it was that was like the great thing that set all of these positive things in motion forward from that point. Mm-hmm. So for the most part, from that point, ended up taking the initiative. Um, actually, also during my sophomore year, I decided to stop playing baseball because I ended up having back surgery between my freshman and my sophomore year. And I basically said, you know what, if my body's not going to let me continually throw a baseball on that pitcher's mound, I need to figure something else out. So, you know, that also contributed to a lot of the depression that I was feeling during Mm -hmm. that sophomore year. Mm -hmm. And it was so hard and traumatic. But you know what, after that retreat, it's kind of like I was able to mentally cleanse myself from all that negative that I was going through. And, you know, the negative emotions that just spiral, it can spiral out of control. Absolutely. But, but you know, then I started taking the initiative. And I said, Mm -hmm. well, you know, if I'm not going to play baseball, I'm going to go and join organizations on the campus because I need to be interfacing with people. I can't just be locked up in my room with my roommates, and that just can't be my life because that's just not who I am. Right, right. That makes sense. And and so at that point, you know, I joined a plethora of clubs. You know, one of them was the Entrepreneur Society. And so pretty much during that whole sophomore year, they really didn't do much of anything. I mean, there were a couple things that were done, but I mean, I was an entrepreneur and, you know, kind of a pivotal moment in my life kind of early on during my sophomore year in high school, my dad was the person who introduced me to Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Mm -hmm. Robert Kiyosaki. Mm -hmm. And I tell people that if you haven't read that book, please do so because I would not be where I am today if it weren't for reading that book. Mm -hmm. Because before I read that book, I hated to read. I thought that I wanted to be a roller coaster designer because I'm a complete speed demon that just loves to let go. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) I thought that that was going to make me happy. But after reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad, it really opened up my mind to a world that I never knew existed. And it made me curious to want to search out more. Mm -hmm. So I've pretty much read everything he's written. I've read many other books that have been recommended by him and many others in that network, and that has really had a massive impact on my life and why I'm able to be where I'm at today. So kind of going back to me being in the Entrepreneur Society in, at Boston College, they came to the end of the year and I just said, hey guys, you know, you guys are graduating, would you mind if I take it over and revamp it all and redo it and, you know, relaunch it in my, my beginning of my junior year? And they said, yes, just take it and run with it. Mm-hmm. So I basically did that. We ended up taking it. I added a couple people that were friends from school. And being the entrepreneur that I am and resourceful, I just did what I could. I made it happen. Um, we launched during you know the beginning of my junior year on Student Activities Day. And I think I closed about 265 people that wanted to create, the, you know, be a part of this club. And my vision for the club was to create an organization on campus where people can openly share their ideas as well as learn from entrepreneurial people around the nation to be inspired to either get help with the ideas they were currently working on or just get guidance and, and you know wisdom from those people who have gone before us. Mm-hmm. So I had a ton of fun bringing speakers into the club all the way from you know 19-year-olds that have built you know very successful companies to 
21-year-olds who, you know, built their first million-dollar company before the age of 22 um, to, you know, very successful multi-million-dollar entrepreneurs. It was really an awesome thing. Now, here's the kicker about that and, and, you know, kind of how I got into the business that I'm currently in now in really helping individuals master their niche, dominate their market, and really help them build effective marketing funnels around their products and services so they can really free themselves from their business but still make money at the same time. Mm -hmm. And it really came down to the way I networked with many people in order to bring them into into Boston College to come speak was through Facebook. Mm -hmm. And I leveraged Facebook to the tilt, um, networking, connecting with entrepreneurial people because there was a time in Boston College where I was not happy with the type of people that I was meeting and I just said, why can't I find more entrepreneurial people to connect with, to interface with, to help each other? And I said, shoot, if I can't find them on campus, I'm going to go to Facebook. So that's mm-hmm. what I did. Mm-hmm. That's I went into awesome. the targeted groups. I went into the targeted entrepreneurial groups and I basically put myself out there to the nth degree and took a risk. What do I have to lose? You know, mm-hmm. the worst thing I could do is just make a lot of people mad, but at the same time, at least I could say I tried what I thought I was going to work. Right. And Absolutely. so, you know, and most people, especially in the economy that we're in now and everything that's going on in the world, a lot of people are at that point where it's like, I'm not sure, just do it and, you know, do what you feel is right and really follow your heart. So that's what I did. Mm -hmm. And, Mm -hmm. you know, between my junior and senior year, I invited 95% of the entrepreneurs that came to speak to the Entrepreneur Society through networking through Facebook. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Let me go back a bit. I want to ask you, you went through the grieving process. You went through depression and you know, really having to relook at your whole life, basically. Your dad was no longer around. You needed to give up your career choice at the time. Talk to the listeners about some of the ways that you dealt with that on a day-to-day basis. Because as we both know, you know, going to a seminar or a conference or workshop or even, you know, just having that aha moment isn't the only thing that, shifts us. There's often little things throughout the days as we're going through things that make a difference in our lives. And sometimes I think those are the things that people need to hear about. And I would love if you could share some of that because obviously based on what you said about how you grew up and the relationship with your dad, you've had, you know, some sort of motivation that just dwelled within you to keep going and to not give up. Yes. Well, that's a two-fold answer. The first fold that I'll share is my dad was my biggest bounce board. Because he was my biggest bounce board, I would always be able to, you know, him and I shared a love of baseball and a love of the stock market. Mm -hmm. And we would really enjoy saying, hey, what about this stock? What about this company? What about this news? Oh, look at this baseball thing. Oh, you know, blah, blah, blah. And when I lost that, I really lost a big piece of me. Mm -hmm. So the very first thing that I went in order to cope was I seeked out other people to help fill that void Mm -hmm. because I knew that if I did not have those positive people that could help me and guide me and, you know, work with me through my life, I was going to be a wreck forever. There was just Mm -hmm. no way that I would have been able to go through it. Mm -hmm. So the first thing that I did was go and seek out mentors. And really the way I did that 
was leveraging um, instant messaging back at the time in the AOL days Mm -hmm. where I would go and I would seek out individuals that were either older than me or had the same interests as me and ideally look to try to connect with them on the interest level, be it entrepreneurship, real estate investing, you know, whatever it is. And, you know, I'm sure everybody can connect. Like, they, everyone has their own interests, hobbies, and passions. Right. And being able to connect with people that share that like-mindedness mm-hmm. keeps you in that positive state of mind all the time. Like, no, I, you're my friend. I'm not going to let you dwindle down. I'm mm-hmm. here to support you, love you, know you, like you, and trust you. Mm-hmm. That was the first thing that I did. The second thing that I did was I did everything I possibly could to grieve and allow myself to grieve. And, you know, obviously there is definitely a time and place and it is okay to completely fall apart every now and then as I did many times, whether I was, whether I was reading a book or whether I was, you know, watching a television show and a music piece of music came on, allowing yourself to grieve is obviously the very first step because, Mm -hmm. you know, some people bury that and then it shows up so much later in their life in such a different way that it's like, oh, well, your dad or your your loved one died and this is what's coming out now. And so, mm-hmm. you know, allowing yourself to grieve is very important. But really my second point that I want to make clear is, is that I always was making sure that I was filling my brain with positive stuff, mm-hmm. whether it was positive books, positive audios, positive videos. I wanted to keep almost like, in a, if you can, in a sense, your body's like a like a car. And, you know, mm-hmm. I like to see my body now, it's like a Ferrari mm-hmm. or a Lamborghini. Mm-hmm. And, you know, obviously, with my dad passing away like he did, it made a massive gash in the side of my car, mm-hmm. majorly. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it, it would make the car worse if I put the wrong gas in it. So I almost felt like that the videos and the books and the people and the support and everything I put into my brain kept me going, even though it was still hard to keep going. Because, you know, I'll be upfront and honest that if I did not have those positive, supportive people in my life and the positive information that I kept feeding my brain, I really don't know where I would be right now. Not only, you know, like I mentioned earlier with Rich Dad, Poor Dad, but I don't even know how I would have been able to cope or, or go, go through. And you know, what the hardest part of losing someone that you love is that those first six months after they you know, die, it's kind of like you're in a dream world where mm-hmm. it feels surreal. You have people that are like, oh, anything you need, I'll help you. you know. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, is that after those first six months, everybody goes back to, your, to their normal lives and you right. have to pick up and keep going. Mm-hmm. And you know, again, that was at that point where I said, I really need to keep going and I need to keep, you know, focused and here's the way I'm going to do it. I'm going to fill my brain with the positive stuff mm-hmm. and I'm going to make sure I have the positive people that I can stay sane with going forward. Right. And I love that analogy about the car, which brings me to the next point. And you talk about your body being the Ferrari now. You started on a journey about six months ago of life transformation, and I would love for you to share with the listeners how that came about and what happened throughout the journey, and then wrap it up with that big reveal, because that's what everybody's waiting to hear, and um, I'm just really excited myself. As you know, I've been following you on Facebook, um, watching your videos, and listening to all the great tips that you've shared about eating properly, exercise, um, motivating yourself. It's just been awesome, Scott. So I would love for you to be able to just compact some of that because I know it's a lot and share that critical piece with the listeners. Of course. Well, 
my life transformation began June 24th, 2010. And it was really after a lot of craziness that happened in my life. Obviously, you know, after I graduated from my senior year in Boston College, I ended up going to work in New York City for the Macy's Home Store in the the, um, corporate division. Um, Ended up leaving that after three months to go work with another entrepreneur that I ended up meeting while he actually was one of my speakers that I invited to the Boston College Entrepreneur Society. I basically helped him promote his book. You know, we drove about 20 to 70,000 visits to their website and it was really fun. And so I came to the end of that journey, ended up driving cross country from New Jersey all the way to California. And at that time, I, I ended up moving back in with my mom, moving my mom, and then we ended up moving. So all of 2010, for the most part, from the beginning of the year, we've been dealing with moving and helping and all that, you know, rigmarole. Mm-hmm. Through all of that, all the craziness, all the stress, all of the everything from graduating and, you know, dealing with my dad, graduating, living in New York, living in New Jersey, and then commuting back and kind of being at a point where it's like, what the heck do I do with my life? And this is around, you know, August 2009. That's like right when I started my company and it rolled into, I looked at myself in the mirror coming, you know, I looked at myself in the mirror and I said, Scott, what the hell happened to you? Mm-hmm. What did you do to yourself? Mm-hmm. Why can't you lose the weight? I mean, when I went into Boston College, I was 205, 210 mm-hmm. and solid. And I, I mean, I'm definitely better now than I was, but I mean, I, was, it was, I would look in the mirror and I'm like, what is going on? Why? Mm-hmm. I got to the point where, you know, we ended up moving and we got settled mid-June of this year and I made the commitment to myself that I'm going to do this. And kind of the backstory that most people do not know with the, my entire journey is that I had two pivotal people that were behind helping me. Mm-hmm. And it's really funny how I met them. It was because of social media. Mm-hmm. Social media was what connected us together. Mm-hmm. And it was all just happened the way it happened. Pretty much the way it worked was I ended up meeting a nutritionist uh, that works with celebrities through a contact that I met um, when I was working for the entrepreneur that I worked with out after college. Mm-hmm. And basically, my friend said, hey, um, you know, you need to get connected with these people. They're looking for some help. You know, obviously, you're the man, and I know you can help them. And she was a, she's, she's one of my clients. And mm-hmm. so she's a celebrity nutritionist, and I do some work for them. And so that was the piece number one. But, you know, I didn't have the workout thing. I mean, all the workouts that I did when I was going through – um, high school and college and stuff, it was all pre-regimented for me. It's like, just come here, do this, I'll train you, and you're done. So I really didn't know how to train or how to make things happen. Mm-hmm. So I, ironically, there was one day when I was, we were in the, as we were moving in, you know, this whole year, I, we, we had to stay in a hotel for two months. So here I am in the hotel, I'm doing my work, and one of those things involved going into dig.com and, you know, voting articles and sharing things and all that stuff. And I came across this article from someone who was writing about the different types of cardio and its different effects on your body. Mm-hmm. And as I was reading this article, I thought to myself, wow, this is really cool. I want to change my body. And it looks like this is a person that can help me. Mm-hmm. So I go, who's behind this website? I learn about his story. And I, this, I learned his story where, you know, he graduated, went into the financial world, gained 30, 40 plus pounds. And then basically said, to hell with it, I'm going to fix my body. And he worked out three days a week, 45 minutes each, and got down to about 5% body fat and just looked 
looks amazing. And I said, he's the person that's going to help me. Mm -hmm. So here I have, you know, walking into this, a a nutritionist that's helped over a thousand people lose over 10,000 pounds and a trainer that has been there, done that, has the results, knows how to do it, knows what to do and that I can trust. Mm -hmm. And I pretty much sent this guy an email and I said, hey, you know, is there any way I can work with you because I know you can help me? And Mm -hmm. he's like, sure. You know, I believe in the law of karma and I'd be willing to help you. Mm -hmm. And he just doesn't do this for anybody by Mm -hmm. any stretch. It was like he was so moved by what I had to share with him that he said, yep, I'll help you. That's awesome. So that's what we did. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I said, I am going to track everything I eat, every single meal, everything I put in my mouth. I have tracked for the past six months, six days, calories have been a journey of lots of learning and lots of how can I do things a little better? How can I tweak things a little better? It's, it's almost kind of like taking that imperfect action and just continually doing it, remeasuring, redoing, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So a large part and a large portion of something that I've learned throughout the journey is that 80% of it is what you put in your mouth. Do this uh, special exercise thing and you're going to lose, you know, 30 pounds in one week. You know, mm-hmm. it's just so not true. Mm-hmm. And again, I'm lear- I've learned all this from the people that have been helping me. Mm-hmm. So this is totally not from me. This is totally from them. So I just mm-hmm. want to give them major credit and major props. And mm-hmm. in the video on leanstrongbody.com, I show a picture of who they exactly are. So if people want to go research them out, they can go look at them. Mm-hmm. You know, I took it. I ate. I ended up working out three days a week for 45 minutes each, integrating car- interval cardio and steady state cardio and basically did this for the past six months and six days. And I started this journey at 255 pounds at around 30% body fat with really no hope until I met these two people that really said, Scott, you can accomplish this. Scott, you can do this. Here's the tools you need to make it happen. Here's what you need to know to make it happen. Mm -hmm. And I just popped it out. Mm -hmm. Now, again, being someone who loves social media, I said, I'm going to make this an experiment, mm-hmm. which led to me doing the weekly videos, which you've seen. And if, if the listeners want to go see my channel, it's youtube.com slash Scott, G is in Gerald Bradley. Basically, just popped myself out there and said, I'm going to do this. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do this. I knew that if I did not hold myself accountable, not only to my trainer, but to the people that know me, like me, love me, and trust me, it, I would be able, I would be setting myself up for failure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I literally just took action, stated, and the final reveal, I have lost 52 pounds of fat off of my body, and I'm at 15, around 15% body fat, and I look and I feel absolutely amazing, and I just feel so humbled by everybody who really followed me on this journey and just so thankful to the two people that really helped me get here. And it's just absolutely incredible. And on that video at leanstrongbody.com, it shows my before pictures, my after pictures. You know, kind of going back to the, and just to the entire thing, what I learned is changing my body the way I've changed it and the results that I've gotten over the period of time and the short period of time that I've gotten them in this has changed my life more than I know. I mean, initially when I went on this journey, I thought that it was just going to be, oh, I'm going to lose my weight and it's going to be all good. But in all honesty, I've changed my inside and my outside to Mm. match at the same time. And to just have the commitment and the steadfastness to say, no, Scott, you are going to commit because you committed to this. You're going to keep going. 
and going and going because you don't want to be that lazy, fat, out-of-shape entrepreneur that you were at mm-hmm. the beginning of it. Mm-hmm. And you are going to make an effort to keep pushing. And you're going to make an effort to not follow in your father's footsteps. And you're going to make an effort to share what you know with those people to help inspire them to change their life. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's just been so humbling and so exciting all at the same time to really get to this day and to this very point because today is December 30th. And I know this, this recording is going to be shown in the new year, but December 30th, 2010, it's like this day, it's so pivotal for the rest of my life because through this entire process and through this entire journey, I feel like a million bucks and I, I've never felt so amazing in my entire life. I mean, there's very few points in my life where I even come close to this, but for what I've been able to accomplish today and to be able to sit on this interview with you and share, it really just feels amazing. So wow. that's, my, that's my story. That's my story. That is amazing. And congratulations to you for sticking to it, for your commitment, for the huge loss that you've had, the weight and the body fat. I think that's awesome. And, you know, I, for one, will say, knowing you as I do, I'm really glad that you didn't become the roller coaster designer. <laughs> I think you have made a huge impact on many people's lives by doing what you do, by sharing your experiences by setting yourself up to be a role model for many people. I'm sure um, a lot of people may not know that you're very young, and I think that's an awesome um, attribute to have to encourage other young people to become educated, to follow their passion and their dreams. And I just really appreciate you being on the show today, Scott, and sharing your story. And I look forward to more of what you have to say and share with all of us about how we can be the most successful entrepreneurs. Uh, well, Angela, it's been such a pleasure, and I do want to let you know that I'm not done. I'm still going to keep living this lifestyle. And again, everything is in that video on LeanStrongBody.com. And if people want to follow me on Facebook, they can find me at Facebook.com slash Scott Bradley. And when you do send me a friend request, please be sure to put a personal message in there saying you, you heard me on um, your, this, this radio show. And you can also follow me on Twitter at twitter.com slash scottbradleyoc, as in Orange County, so scottbradleyoc. And again, Angela, I, I'm, it's been such a pleasure, and I've really enjoyed sharing my story, and I really hope that my story has inspired somebody listening to this to make a change in their life, be it you know go after something they may not have gone after or change their body and in doing so, changing their life. So thank you so much. Thank you. That's awesome, Scott.